Oh, I'll just do another intro because we haven't got a really great one. Do you want to do it? Do you just want to do it? Uh, um, no, no, you okay. do it. Okay. <laughs> 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 that's the intro. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Barely Legal Comedy Podcast. I'm Alex Bowman. He's Chris Keogh, he's a barrister, I've got a law degree, we're both comedians. You got lost coming, this is a Stockport episode. Yeah. Uh, so you were like, I'll come to see you, and you got lost, because it must be a year, well, I reckon it might be two years. Two, probably two years since I've been here. Because of COVID, and then because of me mainly coming to you. Yeah. And you got lost, and you described where you were, and I was like, oh my god. Uh, that's you were right near where I had my vaccine, which right, is yeah. Bramall Lane South. Yeah, uh, and then we've been we've been sent a request episode today to do one on sovereign citizens stroke anti vaxxers Yeah, so we've just been watching the clips of what went on, and um, we'll be playing some of those clips in a minute. And that's where I had my vaccine. This this event is literally like half a mile away. You'd been and done a sort of scene of the crime wrecking by because <laughs> you'd gone the wrong way. It's like one of those gigs where you go, you know, a, a strange thing happened to me on the way tonight, <laughs> really? which you know, and it's actually happened. You know what I mean? It did. So that's um, who are these sovereign citizens? Firstly, because I've never really heard of them. Yeah, they, they, well, they seem to be the Freeman on the land people. Well, that, we have heard of them. That we have heard of those, because yes. we, we've done, we've talked about those before, but obviously yeah. we can't find that, because it's all in the past, and we've erased... Yeah, we've like, erased everything. So like some sort of regime people. change. You've done full-on regime change. Yeah. You have removed history, and we yeah. have a year zero, and we're starting from here, you know what I mean? Well, the, the audio quality wasn't good enough on those past episodes. No, no. So we needed to fix it, and it was the only way, and you agreed to it, and now you're backing out of it as if it was just me... <laughs> <laughs> deleted everything. Um, so, Sovereign Citizens turned up. In fact, let's play the first clip. So, the Sovereign Citizens, let me describe them if you've not seen the clip. Um, they are, there's a bald man who, like, quite stocky, looks about five foot ten in a suit. There's a helper who's a bit taller than him, looks a bit older than him, looks a bit like a chubbier Reese Mogg. Uh, right. He's also in a suit. And then there's a lady who's I don't know, she looks like she's probably got Labradors and wears Wellingtons. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She's, so this is the posse that arrive at... Uh, it's like the, the, the PTA have turned it up. It really to, is. To, it looks like these are the kind of people... To shut this place down. They are school governor types. They're yeah. essentially people who have got nothing else to do. We've also got Mohammed uh, a cease and desist notice here. So we'll put you on notice. Mohammed is the security guard who's really quite cool there and he just says no he's not letting them in at all they're trying to it seems like they say they've there's there's a crime is being committed yeah. at the vax center which is not quite clear what the crime is but it it feels like injecting people with a vaccination is the crime that they're suggesting has been committed because someone might have died from it and people are having adverse reactions and it's making them ill and they say they've got a crime number yeah and the other thing that they're trying to do is say we're serving a cease and desist notice yeah so first off they're reporting a crime as anyone can do it says yeah um can the 
Can well, they do that? Well, what what they seem to be doing is they've they've not they they seem to be acting as de facto police officers. That's what they're trying to do. Right. And I've seen a couple of other of these types of video from the same types of people um, who refer to themselves as common law officers. Right. Um, which so what is that? Firstly, a common law officer. Yes, because I've never heard of that. Is literally well, the reason you've not heard of it is because it's made up nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> there's no such thing. It's it's effective. It, they almost seem to be like the, the militant arm of the Freeman on the Land movement, <laughs> right. who have decided that calling themselves Freeman on the Land or sovereign citizens or whatever isn't doesn't have the gravitas that they would like. So calling themselves common law officers and sounds and better. Sounds better. It sounds a bit like you know people are going to say no I have every respect for the jurisdiction of the common law force you know? <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it, it seems to be almost like and this is where they might come and stop almost like they're impersonating police officers right um, which is a criminal offence in and of itself um, so yeah that, that, that I've seen those people think but there, yeah but there's no such thing as a common law officer it's literally someone calling themselves that right in, okay in, in a, in a way that possibly breaks the law, I would say. Right, so they say they've got a crime number. Now, yeah. if anybody that's ever been burgled or had your car nicked or been assaulted, um, something may, not majorly serious, you've probably been given a crime number. Yeah. How have they got a crime number? Do you know? As, as far as I'm aware, there has been a crime reported by um a, a, a an ex police officer and a doctor in london right, to yes. the metropolitan police they mentioned these later on yeah um, it's been gathered by retired police officer mark sexton and dr sam white yeah so apparently a crime has been reported to the metropolitan police right um so in when you report a crime to the police you get given a crime number now that doesn't mean that there is a live criminal investigation at that point it literally means we have logged your complaint on our system that's all it means so right. so this crime number that these people refer to is and I can probably tell you which one it is here because it's it's literally doing the rounds amongst conspiracy theorists and their groups okay. and so on. We should join um, those. I quite like to be a conspiracy theorist. Looks like you? a bit of a laugh. Yeah, I, I don't would know. have expected more attractive people. Yeah, well, no, you you, you like they they in my experience they're the most tedious group of people that you ever meet in your life. <laughs> There's no on this video. I'm not looking. If one of them was a fit woman, I'd be like right behind you. Yeah, I've got nothing to do for most of the week, but they're not. No, no. They uh, um, well, I'm, I'm not. I've not seen most conspiracy theorists, but the ones I've spoken to, it's like they're really hard. It's like arguing with with a dog or something. Yeah, you know, like that's just, what comes across in this video. Yeah, they're just like no, no. I, it's like very, very for open-minded radical free thinkers. They're very fixed in their worldview. <laughs> is what I would say. Um, but. Yeah, so, so, the, so crime the crime number. number, I'm going to read it out. Is this the right one? 6029679-21. Don't know. Maybe we should call it and see if it's a phone. Because that number. is the number that is doing the rounds right. amongst conspiracy theories. Well, that must science. be the crime number report. And that's the one the that they're all... I think that's the one that they're going... No, no, and this is the crime, and there is a live investigation, and the police are going to be along soon to seize all these vials and to arrest all the doctors, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And it's nonsense. It's just based on nothing. It's based on the fact... It's, what it's based on, which a lot of this is based on, is a misunderstanding of how things work. Right. Okay, so because there's something as a crime number doesn't mean there is a live investigation. And it also doesn't mean that you, as a private citizen, should be going around interfering with people's lives on the basis that you are assisting in, in 
this criminal investigation or that you're trying to sort of prevent a crime from being um, committed. Right. So the next thing they did, which is exactly what you're talking about, they said, we are trying to issue a cease and desist notice. Yeah. Right. So what? first of all, what is a cease and desist notice? Well, a cease and desist notice is... And again, they use the word notice, which is interesting because that yeah. suggests that it has a level of formal a formality to it, um, when in fact it doesn't really. It, it's usually a letter. Uh, basically, it's a letter that will be issued by... Uh, it's, it's almost like a pre-action letter, basically. Um, issued, they're off, usually issued by a company to asserting IP, uh, intellectual property rights. Yes, that's, that's normally where That's normally where they would come into play. And they would say, you are using... Um, our um, our logo that's very similar to ours, and we believe that you've stolen our intellectual property. Therefore, you must cease and desist doing this now. Um, otherwise, if you don't do it, if you don't stop now, you'll be liable for various other things from this point on. McDonald's do it all the time. Disney do it all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, they all do it. You put your notice like we're on to you. Stop it. And the sensible thing to do. I mean, it happened to me. Someone, I got a letter from the French press agency. I had apparently used one of their photographs oh. on a blog that I wrote like five years previously. <laughs> um, so they took so so a company oh on their behalf. Um, of Paris. Sent, <laughs> it was about refugees. Of course, oh, it was something about that. It was like you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like a photograph of a wall. You know what I mean? Like, I could have just taken a photograph of a wall myself, but um, I just got it off off Google. And and but apparently it was the old, it was owned by the. Agence France Presse, whatever they're <laughs> called, um, and a company contracted to effectively assert their property rights sent me a letter to tell to tell me that they I had used it unlawfully, um, and told me to take it down and, and pay a fee. So Oof. I took I took it down and then just ignored them from then on, and it's yeah. disappeared since then. Um, so, so that's ordinarily so, would be in those circumstances, but to to cease and desist committing a crime, yes. That's not something that happens. There, there are similar sort of things. Like, so, for example, there's like warnings that the police might send, like for harassment. So, which yeah. is, so these people need to be aware <laughs> of, of that. There's like what would be an, an harassment warning, uh, which would basically, under the um, Protection from Harassment Act, there has to be a pattern of behaviour um, that amounts to harassment of another. And effectively, when someone reports they've been harassed by someone, what the, the first step that the police would do is to send that person. As long as it's you know there's some substance to it, send that person effectively an harassment warning notice to say your behaviour is causing harassment to this person. If it carries on, then you may be committing a criminal offence. And it and it and but it's useful to build, you know, that warning is just basically to put them on notice to stop. Otherwise, because after that point, it's good evidence that they've carried on doing it, and it's quite clear there is a pattern there. You know what I mean? So that's that's the sort of thing. But you don't send cease and desists letters no you know what i mean it's like we don't go right there's a crime going on stop doing that crime now <laughs> otherwise we'll you come get from... a letter. yeah exactly <laughs> when you get back from work because it doesn't yeah. come till yeah it, it, so again it's it's the sort of thing that and, and a lot of these movements you know are, are about this is using sort of legalese and a bit of quasi legal babble to try and sort of blind people with science. And I think they believe it themselves. They think that it has effects, but it, it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything, ultimately. So, I th yeah, I like Mohammed going, I'm not interested in what blood yeah. you've got for he's me. He's the security guard, it would yeah. appear. Exactly. It's like, so, got, he's also called this dude a pussy <laughs> off camera. Because <laughs> <laughs> the phone goes, you called me a pussy. 
<laughs> Again, Mohammed just goes up in my estimation yeah. throughout this whole he thing. He just won't move. He's just stood in front of He's going, you're not going in there. Yeah. I love it. Right. The next thing that happens, bald dude, he's speaking to a police officer. He says, it's a woman on the phone. We're here to prevent a crime. We're telling you that a crime is being committed. We're here to prevent a crime. We're as any person, doesn't have to be a police officer, can use reasonable force to prevent a crime from being committed. Yeah. Section two, section three. Yeah. That, no, that, section two and section three is, is what gives people power of arrest and power to use reasonable force to prevent crime. Right. Um, so, is yeah. Is that citizen's arrest because that's mentioned? Yeah, it, it, any person, not necessarily a police officer, but like any person can um, affect this. Now, again, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should, is what right. I would say about this sort of thing for any listeners. So, for example, a good, a, a, the, the best example of someone deciding to deal with crime on their own terms um, was the... Oh, this sounds uh, really fun now. And I, f I forget his name. We should do that. We should sack this podcast off with <laughs> <tonight, right? laughs> Um was, um, what was he called? The farmer in... Oh, the one who shot the... Yeah, yeah. Where was it? Tony Martin, that's what he was called. Right. A farmer in Norfolk, yes. famously, or infamously, was being burgled, wasn't he? And, and he it decided... happened a few times. Happened a few times. Was, clearly he not, a was he not 14 or 15, the lad that... Yeah, so, and it's, so he waited for him one night, <laughs> for who's going to burgle him, Yeah. and then shot him in the back because he was yes. running away and killed him. Yeah. Um, and he claimed that he was using his right to prevent a crime and to protect his property. And ultimately, he was convicted because, obviously, he'd set it all up, and there was an element of pre-planning there and all that sort of thing. Um, and, and he shot him in the back, and it's and excessive it, force. It wasn't reasonable force and all of that. Yeah. It's a whole minefield there. Now... So what? What the? What, Pretty Patel presumably let him out and uh, giving him his gun back, <laughs> sent yeah. him to giving Dover, him, giving him a bolt. <laughs> <laughs> you patrol the channel, Tony. Yeah. yeah. So so what? So what? Section three says the wording of section three says a person may use such force as is reasonable in the circumstances in the prevention of crime or in effecting or assisting in the lawful arrest of offenders or suspected offenders or of persons unlawfully at large. Okay. As looking at this as a lawyer. I, and now if I, if I was advising someone, I'd sort of say, well, such force as is reasonable in the circumstances, that's the first thing, um, or in affecting, in the prevention of crime. So there's got to be a crime that's being committed that you're preventing, um, and you've got to use force that is reasonable in the circumstances. Now, in that interaction there, there's no crime being committed. No. There's been a crime being reported to the police, but there's not... You, there's not the police turn up and they say, well, we're not going to arrest anyone here because there's no crime being committed. You know, there's no, there's not necessarily crime taking place. So therefore, any force that's used will automatically be unreasonable because it's not being done in effect to prevent a crime, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, so, so really, my, so if you saw someone being mugged yeah. and you and are being attacked and you went and punched the person to, get, to protect the person being attacked, it's effectively self-defence because you're defending another person. And it's, it's, it's part of that, you know what I mean? So they need to be careful with these people, basically, otherwise, because they're at risk of potentially of impersonating police officers 
These lot don't because they don't refer to themselves as common law officers, I don't think, but other ones that I have are mentioned, as I mentioned previously. Um, and there's also the fact that if they if they decided that they were going to barge past Mohammed or, or detain yeah. him or they something like Mohammed's that. wouldn't. Mohammed's massive. He's twice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But this fellow's very good at talking, but he's also, if you read any kind of body language, Mohammed is not moving through a small gap. <laughs> yeah. And this guy's three feet away going, you're preventing me from doing, you called me a pussy. Yeah. He is a pussy because he's not trying to get past Mohammed. <laughs> right, okay. So there's a few, but because I've, I've seen other ones of these where they've you know, read other stories about him having turned up and been like, Throwing things around and, yeah, and whatever yeah. you know, and in that, and they're committing offences by doing that. Not, nothing they do there is reasonable in preventing a criminal offence. So yeah, it's it's nonsense. Or it's just it's. I can't get away from the fact that it's all just nonsense. Yeah, is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does um, look like nonsense. Yeah, and and it's you've you've got to be mind. The whole citizens arrest thing is really difficult because there are laws for police like police officers can only arrest people where it's necessary to do so and there's lots and lots of guidance and 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 rules and regulations about how and when people should be arrested so individual citizens would also be be bound by by this as well you know what i mean and 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 so they they have to be you have to be certain you know what i mean is yeah, the thing yeah. so i wouldn't be going around arresting people based on Something that you've read on the internet is 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 the is the main <laughs> key piece of advice. From I me. say do it, <laughs> but you need an alter ego and a costume, anti vax yeah. man, and dress <laughs> like a sort of Dyson, <laughs> and one of you's dressed like Henry the Hoover, like your little R two D two sidekick, it's a little <laughs> Henry and or if you're a woman, Henrietta, whatever. We're not sexist. No, we're not. So next thing happens. Um, there's about six or seven police officers there. Yeah. Uh, two actual cars, what used to be called Panda cars, they were like four Vauxhall uh, Astra size yeah. cars, and a van have turned up uh, for these few people that are causing a hassle in the lobby of Trinity Church. Uh, so, Baldman says, under the Magna Carta, uh, I've, I've got right, the copper went. No. Listen, I don't do I don't do that Freeman of the Land stuff. Magna Carta doesn't exist. There's only three acts of Magna Carta still leave. Okay? Leave, please. If you don't know, I'm asking yes. you now to leave. Yes, I know. Okay? I've asked you three times to leave. Yeah. And then the copper keeps asking them to leave and the man says, Am I breaking any laws? I'm asking, are we breaking any laws? What I'll suggest to you next, okay? Yeah. If you heard of some of the aggravated trespass at the moment, you're committing civil trespass. Okay. Which is a civil offence, not a criminal offence. Right. I'm asking you to leave, right? By your presence being here, okay, they're actually being stopped from doing their lawful duties. Okay? Not the vaccine people, these security guards. Okay? In what way? Right? Because they have been taken away from their normal duties. Okay? Doing their duties. Do you want me to let me finish? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yes. If you do not remove yourselves, I, I will consider it an act of aggravated trespass. So, civil trespass, that can't be a crime because it's civil. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? It's, well, it's an interference with someone else's property rights. So it's basically, if, you, if you're on someone's land without permission, um, then that is a, is a trespass. And potentially it gives a rise of action. You could, you could be sued for it. Right. Um, or you could have an injunction issued against you potentially to get you to move. Remo- to, you know, to tell you to move from the land. Exactly. The, you, you would think they would know all this, wouldn't you? But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so potentially, yeah, that, that's, that's what could happen. Um, yeah, so so that's why I say it's a, it's a civil it's a civil wrong in essence. Yeah. Um. You know, th- there's a potential there for breach of the peace as well. Usually, 
what police officers will do to sort of move you along is say, actually, if you don't move, you're you're going to be causing a breach of the peace potentially, which they're close to doing. You know what I mean? Even though yeah. the, he doesn't he doesn't shout particularly, but he is. He's big. That copper is big. He's bigger than Mohammed, and Mohammed's bigger than Bald Guy. Right. Okay. And the well, copper keeps his distance. Bald Guy's quite calm. He's not shouting or, no. or anything like that. To be fair, he's on camera. But yeah, he's, so he's on his best behaviour. Yeah. Um, but he is potentially causing a breach of the peace by virtue of the fact that he's there arguing the toss with people, stopping people from getting into things. You know, like, well, they've already had to use a different entrance. So yeah, exactly. I've already had to use a different entrance because this one's being blocked. Yeah. So when we talk about an aggravated offence, so we've gone from civil... You know, a civil trespass, doesn't he? Yeah, so we've gone from a civil trespass to an aggravated trespass, which is a criminal offence, the copper tells us. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that comes under the... So it effectively becomes a public order type law then, yeah. So if it's aggravated, it's then, it then is an offence. So what is um, aggravated? Because I thought aggravated assault means with a weapon. No, aggravate, an, an aggravating factor in a criminal offence, in, in an offence, um, whether that's criminal or whether it's a, a civil wrong, um, it's basically it's just been something that makes it worse, if that makes sense. Right, okay. So if, if it's aggravated um, trespass, it means it's, it's become worse than trespass. Because So for example... The usual thing is that you're trespassing online and you're asked to move and you say, no, I'm not moving, blah, blah. At that point, it potentially becomes aggra- it becomes aggravated, potentially, because you've created this confrontation. And right. you, you've, you, know, you can trespass without really realising it to a degree. You can be online, but if you refuse to move and then the police have to be called to remove you, that potentially is aggravated then at that stage. Um, he's so, good this copper isn't he he's he, really, he knows really his good. stuff like, his stuff on the Magna, on Magna Carta is, is quite is done he's clearly done a bit of reading or, or there's been some sort of general advice set around by the legal department and GMP so that's what you do for Lancashire yeah I've had to advise on this sort of thing about Magna Carta um, because people turn up and they go I'm issuing this this writ against you under Magna Carta and blah 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 I think they, they refer to the clause 20, uh, 61 of Magna Carta is one that's often used to, which is a low, I think that's the one that allows for lawful rebellion against the king. Or, you know, right. it, and it's like, this is an unjust law, therefore I don't have to abide by it, is how these lot interpret that. Um, now, they have a difficulty there, which is that Magna Carta, as this police officer rightfully points out, most of it isn't in effect. It's, it's an interesting and important historical legal document um, but it was put into statute um, several years after it was first signed, um, and then most of it has been repealed over time. So I think there's only three, three or potentially four parts of it that are still in effect, and they effectively confirm the right to a fair trial. Um, and then there's also the for now, for now. <laughs> um, and then there's also the um, the sort of like the right to the Church of England. It's something that enshrines the Church of England as the Church of the, of the land. Um, I've not got Magna Carta in front of me like to, exactly. uh, to check through. Poorly but... prepared. <laughs> um, <clears throat> right, so just finally then, the copper does the best ever comeback. Leave now or you're going to get locked up. Do... Aggravated trespass. Can I tell you? No, I'm not interested in what you've got to say. I want you to leave the premises. You're a public servant. I'm a crown servant. Yeah. There's a difference. There's a difference. What, yeah. what is the difference? Well, the difference is, 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 is that the, the, the crown, in essence, um, is sovereign. So this, the, lots of these people talk about sovereignty, and this is where sovereign citizens struggle to understand things. Um, well, one of a number of places, to refer <laughs> to them, um, is that they think that they've def- they have decided their own sovereignty, so they're sovereign away from, from the land, okay? 
Now, what the police officer rightly says is that actually I'm, a, I'm an officer of the state. You know, ultimately the police are, are an arm of state violence, if you yeah. want to put it in those terms. <laughs> you always go there. <laughs> and I, I, I just love it as a phrase, because that's what it is. It's like, a, in order for the state to have some legitimacy, it, does have, it, has, to have, it has to have a monopoly on violence. So while, um, you know, things are illegal in terms of offence against the person, police officers are allowed are a greater, you know, they're, they're allowed to detain you and, and, and use reasonable force. All these things that this chap's been citing under Section mm. 3 of the Criminal Act um, in, in order to, to, to carry out their function in service of the Crown, i.e. of the state. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just a simple, that's just, that's just how it is. You know, the police can arrest you and throw you in a cell overnight while they investigate something, subject to all the checks and balances that are involved under various pieces of legislation and regulation and so on. Um, and that's what he means by that. So a police officer isn't at the whim of a private citizen, you go and do this for me, which is what he means. So what, cause it, cause it, you know, because it, if the assertion that you're a public servant was, was correct, what that would mean would be that each individual citizen would be able to tell police officers to go and do something. Mm. Whereas they don't, that's not how it works. You can report crimes, the police will look into it, and then deter, and then, but then it's ultimately it's for the so the crown prosecutes, not individual citizens. You know what I mean? So that the 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 police investigate and keep the peace on behalf of the crown, on behalf of the state, and we are all bound by the rules of that state by virtue of the fact that we live in this country and are in the, even or even visitors have to abide by the rules of, of the state. Um, so anything else would make it just unwieldy and impossible to carry on. You know, so that is the difference between someone being a public a servant of the public and being a servant of the crown um, or an agent of the crown, should I say. I think you've cleared up pretty much everything that happens in that video. Yeah. Uh, it ends with they are sent onto Bramall Lane so they have to get off the premises basically and then um, the link sort of break up so I've not seen what happens. I'm hoping there's not a murder after that <laughs> or like a huge punch up. But it seems the early bits are the things that are the, the ones most up for discussion they get in the cars and they look like they're leaving. Um, this was either, I don't know how you say it, it was a request episode by Gilesfield or Gwilsfield. Yeah. G-U-I-L-S Field. Yeah. Giles? Gills? Gills. Gills, probably. Right, so he asked also, because he's been, he wanted this special episode, which is something we'd love to do more of. Yeah, you've definitely. been You've you're a barrister, so you haven't got time. <laughs> That's ultimately the problem. <laughs> And yeah, we're yeah. really trying to, like, we're trying to go, we've got guests lined up, we've got a brand new format lined up, we've got a studio that we, but we just can't. It's, 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 yeah, there's, there's things in the pipeline that we need to be able to just, you know, sort out to, to be able to get to. And yeah. one of the things is you need to not be working five days a week, you need to go down to four. <laughs> yeah. And um, hopefully, maybe it'll be season two, but hopefully we can do more content. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he asks... Gillsfield asks then, uh, he talks He talks about court orders, he talks about injunctions, and he talks about writs, and can these can can anyone just serve? Firstly, what's an injunction? And well, can I just go, right, I'm putting an injunction on my neighbour who keeps parking in front of my house? Uh, no, because an injunction has to, be a, is, has to be an order of the court. Right. And, it, and, it, and it's basically, it's an order that will prevent you in simple, in simple terms, it's an order that will prevent you, in the general sense, uh, from doing something that you would otherwise be allowed to do. 
Um, or, or that you know might fall into sort of antisocial behaviour or something like that, uh, and it tells you you can't do this thing <laughs> in essence. Right. Um, so, for example, um, there are such things as, and you can get injunctions in all sorts of things. They, they exist, um, not just you know they're, they're done through the civil courts injunctions. A lot of family. Um, there's a lot of family law injunctions. So there's there's, there's injunct. Yeah, there's injunctive relief within the family sphere. There's also injunctive relief within. Um, you know, between sort of corporations and so on. Again, you know, going back to the cease and desist letter is like the next thing would be to have an injunction saying you can't use this logo, you know, if that's what yeah. it was. Um, or you can have injunctions against private citizens in relation to antisocial behaviour. So if there's like a group of kids that are knocking around somewhere that keep um, causing problems in a certain locality, uh, then what you can do is say, right, we're going to hit you with an injunction as long as you can prove it that they've been yeah. doing this stuff and it's having a detrimental effect on the um, on the neighbourhood. Um, you can say, right, you can't be seen, you can't be together in this particular area, you know, because there's nothing wrong. You know, that's a, that's quite a draconian thing to say that you can't either be in a certain area or you can't be with this particular person in be, public. Again, all used to be post-COVID. Yeah. That just feels like, well, they're allowed to do that. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you're not allowed to see your mum in hospital. <laughs> they can tell kids they can't stand on Bravo Lakes. Yeah, yeah. But... So an injunction, bald man has not got an injunction firstly and he couldn't serve on, and could he get one potentially? If there was a big crime being committed, would he have to go to the court and get one? Anyone can apply for an injunction, but right. you would you would have to show that it was necessary and, and that it was reasonable and proportionate. And I think I think the wording in the civil court is that it's just and convenient to make the injunction. Right. Um, now, in those circumstances, there is literally no way an injunction would be made. No. Um, so it wouldn't. And, and in um, if this was an criminal investigation, there wouldn't be an injunction made. There would be bail conditions put in place by the perpetrators or the suspects in the offence. Um, so, you know, a, a, an offence would be reported to the police. They would investigate it. They would put the people under, either release them under investigation or put them in, under police bail while they investigated. If there was then sufficient to charge, they would be charged with, with the offence um, and uh, told to turn up in court. Um, they would then be, if it's going to go off for a trial, they're, they're then bailed, they're then remanded either on bail or into custody. So that's how it would happen. There wouldn't be an injunction at that no. point. Um, save for there's a potential to get for the police to get some orders against people. So um, if, for example, someone is, and again, these all need to be aware of this stalking and harassment. Um, if someone is accused of stalking um, another person, there are stalking protection orders that you can get, and the police are, have to consider. Um, whether to obtain one of those pending the investigation to to put in place an immediate stop to this behaviour, which because because of the nature of the type of behaviour is that you know, um, and you know so, so there are things like that um, that can take place alongside a criminal investigation, but there wouldn't be an injunction that these lot had got no. um, to to serve to to be certain you know to serve. And likewise, a writ. Again, I what is a writ? Well, it, it's. It's effectively like a, 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 it's an old word for you know like a generally like a claim or, or a, an official document, um, and and they talk about these things like this is the thing like with these sovereign citizen people they use quite archaic legal language they talk about affidavits and writs and mm. and things like that and issuing them and and so on and so forth and and they they sort of use this sort of like terminology of of like corporate law and chancery and so on in order to try and affect. And and then they're now moving into the criminals' fear. You know, it, it's all very confused. 
and it's designed so that when they give something to somebody, if if it's not a you know a lawyer, they'll go, oh my god, what's this? Mm. This looks like it might be official because it's got stamps on it and stuff like that and seals and um, it's written in this way that makes it sound like people who don't really have much involvement with it, with the law, might think makes it sound official. But ultimately, it's just smoke and mirrors and nonsense. Um, so in terms of service of these documents, though, um, is that certainly with an injunction, there, there was, if, an, if, an, if an injunction is made by, um, by the court, ordinarily that should be served in person, so by whoever's you know got the injunction would serve it on the person. I think I, I think if it's between two private citizens, then there might be a sort of process servers you know from the court to ensure it's been served. But I know like if the police got an injunction against someone, then they would have an officer serve it in person right. on the person. So that's something you see on telly all the time. Like I've, you'd just be going about your daily business, and I'd go. Chris Keogh, and you'd go, yes, thinking you've rec- you've been recognised from a gig or your podcast, and then you'd go, you've just been served, bang, and they'd give you the... That's probably yeah. where they are getting... Yeah. Like me, they get their knowledge from what they see on telly. Well, that's it. And, and it's like, so I ser- like, literally, if someone's been... S- to serve somebody with some with a document means to give it to them yeah. so that they, are, they know about the document, okay? So the reason why an injunction needs to be served personally... Um, in the vast majority of cases, is because it has this effect. Because if you, um, if you're given an injunction, you're told you can't do something, and it could be uh, a contempt of court to then do that act, um, for which you can be sent to prison. And sometimes there's a power of arrest attached to injunctions and so on. Um, so obviously, in order for that to have effect, a person has to know about it, and you have to be able to prove this person knew about it. So if you don't serve someone personally, you just post it to them. Because, you know, service by post is deemed to be good service as well in, in most circumstances. Um, it's easy for the... If you were then... If that person then... So say the injunction is to not... Say I'm not allowed to ha- associate with you, right? Okay? Yeah. Which say, is coming. Which is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> My wife's already mentioned it. <laughs> um, and the, the injunction says that, right? I'm seen with you in public um, for some reason or another. And the police, and I'm, and then arrested for a breach of this injunction because there's a power of arrest attached to it. Um, because we're so dangerous together, there has to be a power <laughs> of arrest. Um, and I'm brought before the court within 24 hours, which is what a breach of an injunction would be. Um, and then the court says to me, "Do you admit or deny this breach of this injunction?" I would say I would deny it because I've never seen this injunction. I didn't even realise I wasn't allowed to have mm. any associate. Now. The prosecuting authority would then have to prove that I knew about it. And the best way they can do that is to say, well, here's evidence in terms of a written statement from an officer who took that note, that injunction to him and gave it to him on this date, and I've signed that I've received that injunction. Right. And at that point, I'm bound to rights because yes, I've got you it. Can't. <laughs> whereas, whereas if I've not been, if there's not that evidence that I've got it, then the court aren't realistically going to breach you for something that you can't. They can't be certain that you knew about, because the, you know if it's contempt, you have to have knowledge that you've you've you yeah. have the thing that you've done. So in that case, what they would do is they would just mark. They would just the breach would be withdrawn. I would be served in court there and then with it. And from that point on, I would have yeah. no excuse. Right, that's pretty clear, isn't it? That was a really you were like on fire. <laughs> But it wasn't funny on any level. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. But uh, thanks for listening, everybody. 
um, just subscribe and like and tell any law students or anybody who might like this. It's normally different than this, isn't it? We normally do cases and yeah. it's normally a little bit more fun. Yeah. But we're fulfilling the legal side of comedy. Yeah, yeah. Barely legal comedy podcast is actually very legal. Yeah, episode. you're very legal and not barely very comedy. comedy barely com- the barely comedy law podcast <laughs> is what we, <laughs> That's should, what we should be called. <laughs> Except there's no joke there, is there? Because barely comedy is not a phrase. No, no. 